Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to the 27th episode on February 16, 2021. Let's talk about the top 10 low-maintenance houseplants. Not only can you listen to the podcast, you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And go check out the blog posts that are associated with all these podcasts as well. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. And make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast, my blog, and social media posts. You can also help support your favorite podcasts and blog by joining me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you just can't get enough Houseplant Homebody, don't forget I send a monthly newsletter on the first of every month with also exclusive content and some updates on what happened the previous month. All right, let's dive in. I was so happy to do a podcast about these low-maintenance plants with my twin sister, Lindsay. She was the perfect person to do with because she doesn't have a lot of experience with houseplants, and this gives a couple different perspectives. So welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. How's it going? And please tell everyone about yourself a little bit. Yeah. I know a lot, but you go for it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am Lindsay. I'm Holly's twin sister. I live in Wisconsin. I've been married for two and a half years to my husband, Cameron. We have a one-year-old daughter who keeps us very busy. I am a stay-at-home mom, but I also work part-time as a marketing consultant for a local industrial supply business. Holly and I spend a lot of our free time running our nonprofit, Live, Love, Donate, together. Which I have mentioned a few times on, I think, Instagram and Facebook before. Yeah, this is, I linked it one of the blogs too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. This is one of our passions for sure. We talk about organ, eye, and tissue donation and advocate for the cause. Um, I am the furthest thing from a plant expert, but I am an avid coffee lover because I love mm-hmm. the taste, but also for survival because I have a young child. Amen. All you parents out there, you understand. When I'm not chasing a toddler, I enjoy spending time with family and friends, participating in Bible studies, date nights with my husband, although they are rare these days. I love shopping. Holly and I both love to shop. Yes, we went plant shopping today. <laughs> we did. Okay. Plant shopping is my thing, but we do love regular shopping too. It's, it's true. We also went to Target. It's shopping fine. for all the things. <laughs> Buying all the things I probably don't need. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> and in the summer, I also love kayaking and fishing. Well, I am super excited for you to join me with this one. With a hectic and full life, not everyone has time to maintain a bunch of complicated houseplants like you, for example. So we are diving in finally to the top 10 low maintenance houseplants. So this will be great because not only do you get Holly's experience perspective, you will also get mine. As I said, I am definitely a beginner houseplant lover and due to time and other priorities, I need easy, safe, and low maintenance houseplants. Exactly. This is why we're finally breaking this down. Plus, houseplants have proven to boost your mood, lower stress, and improve air quality. So it's definitely a benefit to have them in your house. So as always, this podcast will have a corresponding blog post with it. You can find it at houseplant-homebody.com with all the same info we're talking about. And conveniently, I've actually recorded all of these podcasts already for the list of plants we'll be talking about and I've written a blog about some of them so I will link all of those details the episodes and individual blogs on this blog for each individual plant we'll be talking about so here are the top 10 low maintenance house plants drum roll (laughs) snake plant zz plant philodendron hoya agave 
pothos or pothos, however you want to pronounce it, peperomia, diffenbachia, syngonium, and monstera. I've had experience with quite a few of these, actually. Snake plant, ZZ, pothos, and diffenbachia. Yeah, and more if I could convince you. <laughs> I, I wish. I've always wanted a monstera. They're so pretty. I told you you could. There's definitely space in your bedroom, and there's definitely enough light in there, which we'll talk about later. True. My husband, Cameron, might kill me. Just blame me. He would understand. We will see. Maybe you'll convince me one of these times. Okay, good. Also, I want to mention that this whole podcast, the top 10 low-maintenance houseplants, is strictly based on my experience with them. I know you can go on to Google, Yahoo, Bing, whatever, and search low-maintenance houseplants, and there's a million articles or blog posts out there talking about the best low-maintenance houseplants, but this is strictly my experience with them. So I might be talking about a peperomia, for example, but you may have killed three of them. This is just what I have dealt with and kind of my experience with them. Other people have different experiences. For example, I love African violets. They are so easy for me, but Lindsay can't keep one alive for life dependent on it. I killed one in like the first day. It's yeah. <laughs> so let us dive in to the first plant. All right, let's start with the snake plant. Sure. The snake plant, aka the Sansevieria, that has been reclassified to Dracaena. I know this. It's like the only you thing do. I know about houseplants. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. Every time you talk about snake plant, you're like Sansevieria, Dracaena. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I know. <laughs> it's all I know, but it's fine. I know. <laughs> it is a staple low maintenance houseplant. It is great for beginners like me and a great plant for expert houseplant lovers to collect. Definitely. I currently have seven of them. I had more. I'll explain that later. But snake <laughs> plants have thick pointy leaves. They're not actually sharp. They just are very pointy and they range from tall and slender to sometimes short fat round kind of like a dwarf size leaf sometimes those are called bird's nest dance very but anyway you can also find them in shades of green black sometimes with variegated yellow and white leaves as well Lindsay, i know you have a couple experience with them so please share yeah, I had one a few years ago that I believe was overwatered. So sometimes I would water it and then my husband would water it. And without knowing, we would water it again. So, <laughs> so that one didn't survive. Um, maybe about a year and a half ago later, you got me another one. Yeah, we were, re- <laughs> we were waiting to repot it and then we left it outside. It was summertime. I'll throw that out there. It's Wisconsin. We're smart people. We left it on the east side of your house against the house. And unfortunately, we learned that was even too much light for it because a lot of the leaf tips started to burn in just that day, day and a half. Granted, it was really hot that day, but some of the leaves are still burned, but it doesn't bother me because it's healthy and growing, or at least it's trying. (laughs) (laughs) It is usually (laughs) thriving in your room currently her snake plant is in a room with a west window so it gets pretty medium light it's not directly in the window it's off of it but snake plants can handle low to bright indirect light the more variegation the more lighter colors you have on your snake plant just basically means that they need brighter light just never direct sunlight take it from our experience outside (laughs) i've always wondered how you know what the right light is really depends on the house you're in. If there are no obstructions on a south window, that is usually bright direct light. If you're pulling a plant off of that window, that gives you bright indirect light. An east or west window can provide a range of medium to bright indirect light, depending on the time of year. Obviously, winter gives you a lot less light because the sun isn't out more. Low light is basically everywhere else. I caution people when putting some plants in almost no light because plants still need light to photosynthesize and 
There are a couple on this list that can handle super low light, including the snake plant. That is one of them. If you just have like the the green variety without any variegation, that can handle that low light. So there's a lot of different lighting situations that these can handle, but overall they'll survive just fine in low to bright indirect light. So Linz, how often do you water your snake plant? <laughs> when I remember. Um Maybe, yes, clearly, <laughs> if you were in this room right now, you'd be like, poor plant, but maybe every month. That's a lie. Do you find, maybe every month. You've probably gone longer than that with this one, though, which probably, is fine. Probably, yeah. No, yeah, that's probably a lie, right? Do you find yourself watering less in winter? Yeah. It may be about every other month in winter. <laughs> Every two weeks or so in the summer. Look, I'm not the best plant parent, okay? But my kid stays alive. This is why you need low-maintenance plants. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So there are times where I go longer than a month in winter just because I don't want to overwater mine. But it And it is so much better to underwater than overwater your snake plant. And I always make sure to plant it in a pot with drainage holes. That way you're definitely not ever overwatering it. But what if I found a cute pot without drainage? Because I find lots of those. Can I still plant it in there? It is a struggle for every houseplant parent to not buy that cute little pot. I mean, technically, yeah, you can still buy it. I would just make sure you're really, really watching your watering. And if you're debating on watering, hold off like another week. So you definitely know you're not overwatering. But yeah, technically you could buy that cute little non-draining pot and then in your Sansevieria if you just left it in the nursery pot or the pot it came in and just plopped it inside the non-draining pot that would be sufficient because then technically your Sansevieria is draining into that what they call cash pot in the houseplant world um, into that cash pot and you could dump that extra water out if that makes sense. Yes that makes sense but it sounds like a lot of work. I would rather just put it in a draining pot right away and have it be less maintenance. Yeah, that's this what I'm doing. I'm slowly moving all of my houseplants over to draining pots because I've killed two and a half of them this year. So besides killing a few of your <laughs> snake plants, what has been your experience with them? Well, they have been a consistent houseplant in my home because they are super easy. And as you said earlier, they're kind of a collectible houseplant. So they can tolerate a lot of different environments throughout your house. And there's a lot of really cool varieties out there and collectible varieties, some rare ones too. So for example, I'll give you proof that this houseplant is easy. My friend Ty asked me to get him a few houseplants for his desk at work. I found a really nice Sansevieria for him or snake plant, whatever you want to call it. And then I also bought, a, I think I bought him an African violet, which that was a stretch. And then I bought him a pothos, which I figured he could keep that alive. But the Sansevieria is the only one still living after like six months later. And he killed the other ones after like a month. So that's bad. It's the one of the easiest houseplants. I think the saddest loss for me is I lost one in a big old 10 inch pot. It was huge. It's so pretty. And I lost... A couple smaller, what are called bird's nest Sansevieria, they're really short and they're compact. And it was a gold variegated one. And the reason for both of those was overwatering. Yeah, overwatering is how I killed that first one too. I learned it's best to just ignore them. And being a mom helps with that. <laughs> Amen, sister. How about we move on to something we both haven't killed? Wait, what's that? ZZ plants. Oh, yeah. ZZ plants are super slow growing house plants. You can find them most commonly in just the plain green, but they also come in variegated and in actually a really dark black color, which is commonly called raven ZZ. 
with also varying shapes and sizes. Some come in shorter growing varieties and some come with kind of curled leaves. So they come in lots of different forms. I really liked the ZZ. I had success with it the entire time, really. I moved it into a few different rooms and it did well in all of them. Yeah, I remember the one time I visited, though, I noticed there was a ton of dust on it. I don't know why. I wonder, because it was in your bathroom at the time, and I wonder if it was dry shampoo or hairspray or something. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, because that's the only houseplant that's ever happened to me. But even with the dust, I was still showing new growth. But um, I didn't have time for all the houseplants, so I gave it to you. Yeah, I promise it's in good hands. And if you want it back, just let me know. It's doing fine. Okay, maybe eventually I'll take it back. Um, what was the best light for it? Because I did have it in a couple different rooms. Yeah, this is one of those other house buds that can tolerate low to bright indirect light. Just like the steak plant, the variegated varieties need a bit more light. And the more light you have them in, the faster and fuller they grow. And as always, I caution with the low light because you don't want to keep them in complete darkness because those plants need light to photosynthesize. But you don't need a direct window to be nearby for these guys to do well. So just off of an east or west window is great. Yeah, I always had mine off of an east or west window and makes sense why mine was doing so well. Yeah, and plus yours had a really well draining soil. These need about the same water requirements as snake plants, so it's better to underwater than overwater them. Do you still have the ravens easy and the variegated leaf? <laughs> uh, not the raven, no, but the variegated one is actually showing signs of rooting, which is crazy. I went shopping with Holly at this local plant shop called Water Farms in Nina, Wisconsin, and we found a raven ZZ, which from her podcast I knew was super rare. So she, of course, got one, and it was also a total steal. Yeah, I think it was like $8, and I don't think it was rooted very well, though, and it was partially my fault because um, I neglected it a bit. I should have been watering it a bit more until it got established n- Knowing now that it wasn't rooted, that was probably part of it. Plus, I put it behind other plants, so I couldn't see it, so I forgot about it. Oh my god, I'm guessing Brittany's is gone too. Oh yeah. Yeah, we bought one for my friend Brittany, and that one's not doing well either. Well, Holy. we didn't buy it, she paid you, but she she's never going to get it. Let's <laughs> send her her money back. Oh, oh you yeah. need to tell her. I'll tell her eventually, it's fine. <laughs> well, anyway, I checked Water Farms' Facebook page another day, and I saw they had a variegated ZZ, which I knew was super rare, too. And they were selling leaves for $15, and I went and got one for you. Yeah, that was a super score, too, because I didn't know how it would turn out. And if you if you don't know me by now, I am a very cheap houseplant buyer. Very so, cheap. Yeah. Very cheap. <laughs> Today, you experienced that. I experienced the very cheapness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, if it's not like four or five bucks, I'd debate it, okay? (laughs) So when it was 15, it took a couple days for me to like say, "Mm, maybe, (laughs) because it was just a leaf. And I'm like, okay, one of the slowest growing houseplants, I'm expected to propagate from a leaf into a full grown plant. But you know what? I did it. And after about three months, I finally saw new growth. I put it in a little tiny glass of water and I just changed out the water probably every two weeks. That's awesome. I remember when they gave it to me, they put it in a tiny little Dixie cup. With yeah, just a that's sm- what it's in. A little <laughs> bit of water. And I was like, this is going to grow into a full plant. Like, yeah. I was not optimistic. But Yeah, I'm really going to have to wait to see if this actually happens. I can't get too excited because just because it's happening, something's happening doesn't mean the right thing is happening. But it looks like something's happening, which is good. So um, let's move on to something faster growing. And that has slowly become one of my favorite houseplants. Do you really choose favorites? No. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, all houseplant parents say they don't have favorites, but they do have favorites, but it's like 10 favorites. 
Oh, here's a hint. Peter and I are using this one for our wedding. Philodendron is next. I have the Brazil philodendron. Yes, you do. And I've been telling you for like the last year to get more because they are so freaking easy, people. Every single one I've brought home has done well. And they come in so many different varieties, colors, shapes. They come in vining habit ones. They come in mounding habits. They even have some with more upright habits. The Brazil philodendron Lindsay has is an example of a vining one. And philodendron are very collectible plants. And there are a few famous ones in the plant community called Pink Princess Philodendron, Philodendron Gloriosum, and Painted Lady Philodendron. Watered Farms was growing some Painted Ladies. I wonder when those will be ready. I don't know. I haven't seen them up on their Facebook page lately. I did see some other really rare ones over off to the side today. I really need to update my philodendron podcast because I just skimmed the surface when I did that last podcast and I really want to go into more detail about it. Well, when you do the blog for this one, you can include all the information you missed or just an update. True. Or I can add a note to the actual philodendron podcast and when I do that blog, I can update everything too. So why are these so low maintenance? Well, you just water when the soil is dry and If you're curious on when you water them, the leaves will start to curl and they bounce back right after you water them. And it's, it is better to underwater them than overwater them, but just not to the extent of like the snake plant or something. What about sunlight? They can handle medium light. That's sufficient for them, but bright indirect, especially for variegated ones is best. And that bright indirect light allows for faster and fuller growth. So if you have more of a medium spot in your house and you're just trying to fill it, that's a really good spot for a philodendron. Where do you have your philodendron in your house? So mine are all over the place. I have been experimenting with every type of light since I have so many and I just kind of want to see what survives, what doesn't work, what works best, that kind of thing. But the majority of mine are off of east or west windows. I may need to put them in a little bit brighter light because we're trying to get them nice and full for the wedding. I do have other plants that are already full and big, like my asparagus fern is doing really well, so I might use those instead. But anyway, that's the lighting situation. So should we move on to the next low maintenance plant? Absolutely. Time to talk about the Hoya. Until I heard you talking about them, I hadn't heard of them at all. But I did see them browsing around water farms. Yeah, and I know I've mentioned it to you multiple times when we were there that they have some rare ones there that I've always wanted that I haven't gotten, but I want still to this day. Whatever, it's fine. We saw them there today. I was still sad. Anyway. <laughs> but Holly's cheap. Yes. So. <laughs> I am cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am too. I get it. Yeah, there was actually, okay, side, side comment from what we're going to talk about. But if anyone listened to my Hoya podcast and saw the blog, there is a Hoya called Hoya Carry. That is a heart-shaped Hoya. I've also, I also put it in my newsletter too because it's so cute. And I said in the podcast, it's not worth buying unless you can get the vining ones. Well, guess what? Water Farms has the vining ones. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them in a plant shop. They, they're starting at $25 and I won't cough up the $25 for it. <laughs> she won't. I was there. It's there, true. there is one for 80 bucks though. There was, yeah. And they have variegated and they had the plain green ones. It's true. Oh, I think Peter would kill me if I went and bought the even the $25 one. It's probably true. I have too many plants. It's fine. Whatever. I'll get it someday. <laughs> okay. There's never too many plants. Nope. That's why Just I bought five more today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 
There are lots of different varieties with Hoya, and I know I've mentioned this before in the podcast and blog, but there are some sources that say the sunlight and the humidity vary slightly depending on the variety you get. But in my experience, no extra humidity is required to grow these, and the sunlight is all fairly simple. They all thrive or do really well in medium light, but they really do their best in bright indirect light, especially if you have some variegated varieties or varieties with splashes of white in them. How often do you water yours? It depends on the time of year, obviously. Hoya like to be consistently moist, just allowing that top layer of soil to dry out. Um, And if they're too dry, they will start to shrivel. Is it okay for them to dry up if someone like me, for example, forgets to water them? Yeah, if they do shrivel a little bit when they need water, it's okay. If you wait too long, the leaves can brown and maybe fall off, um, but you might get some browning tips if you're underwatering them like that. But overall, if you notice them start to do that, just water them right away and they'll bounce back pretty quickly. All right, so let's move on to the next low maintenance houseplant. Agave is the next low maintenance houseplant, and this is a different plant that you don't normally see. Yeah, you've had yours forever though. I remember it at your old apartments. Yeah, my OG one has been with me for about six years now, but I have three different varieties and I've propagated two of them. So I have five total. And that original one is doing really well and it's like tripled in size from the original size it was. Where do you have it now? Currently I have it in a north window, which is kind of funny because um, in my podcast about agave, I said they need to be in bright, (laughs) either bright indirect light or bright direct light. But listen, houseplants can survive in multiple different locations. It just depends on what you want them to look like. So for example, I have that OG one in a north window and I think because I've left it in a little bit lower light, it's stretched a little bit. It's not as compact as some of my other agave I have in a south window. So I would recommend putting them in as much sunlight as you can, but if you can't get away with it, they'll do okay in less sunlight. So agave is considered a cactus or a succulent, right? So they don't need a lot of water. Right, exactly. So they're on the same level as snake plant, if not more drought tolerant. And it's super simple. Just water it when you remember to. So the snake plant will shrivel up when you don't water it sometimes, but that's like extreme not watering. The agave, I've never had that problem. I've gone two months without watering and it looks the same. So I also forgot to mention that agave do come in lots of different colors, but it's really cool because they come in shades of blue, greens with variegations of yellows and whites too. So it's super fun. Can we move on to pathos? I love mine, but I'm kind of worried about it. Let's do it. Okay, what you worried about? Honestly, it just looks sad. I When I got it, it was so beautiful. It's green with white variegation. It, it was just, I fell in love with it when I saw it. But it keeps getting more and more yellowing and brown leaves. It's in our bedroom with a good amount of sunlight, I feel like. But I'm worried I may be slowly killing it. And it's too beautiful to die. It is really pretty. And since I am here, I looked at it and there's no pests. So that's not the issue. Um, how often do you water it? Like once a week right now, it appears to need water, but I feel like that's too much and I'm just paranoid I'm going to kill it. So I feel like I water it a lot. (laughs) Do you watch the water run through the soil? Sometimes I'll put a towel down the floor usually and watch it drain, but I put it in the shower the other day and it drained well then. Yeah, I think just because I know you, one, and two, 
based on what you're telling me about i and i'd also like to foreshadow that Lindsay and i have talked about this plant previously a couple times yes. but i think you water too often not heavy enough so i mean that you just soak like the top inch of soil when you're watering and those bottom roots and like the main root system aren't getting the moisture it needs so how do i do that so I think you cut back on watering, one, you water maybe every two weeks, two to three weeks in these winter months. In the summer, you might bring it back up to every week to two weeks. And then if the leaves start to curl, you need to water it. But I would give it a big drink of water, wait and see if the water flows out of the bottom in the drainage holes because it is in a draining pot. And then if the water isn't coming out of the bottom, I would water it again just a little bit because sometimes I do that sometimes where I water it and then I wait to see if the water comes out and I water it again and it's like it fills the saucer and I'm like whoa I wasn't prepared for that but um just make sure the water is coming out of the bottom that way you know you've watered it thoroughly and if you really are worried about it overflowing you don't want to wreck like hardwood flooring or anything you could stick it in a sink or even your shower and water it that way that way you know you're, you're soaking it through but it's really best just to water it less often but deeper Okay. You mentioned getting a moisture meter too. Would that help? Yeah. Those are really nice to have. And I didn't really have one up until a few months ago. And they are fairly cheap between 10 or 15 bucks or something on Amazon. I always link it in a lot of my blog. So if you people want to get one, just go to one of those links. But it is a really good investment, especially for first time houseplant people that are debating when they need to water because usually overwatering or underwatering is like the number one killer for most plant parents. I may need to get one. Yeah, I think it takes the guesswork out of it, but I think your pothos will be fine. I think you have a lot of light in that room and pothos in general can handle low light if they're just plain green, but the variegated varieties need medium to bright indirect light. So I think yours will be okay. Is our bedroom bright indirect light? I think your pothos has in between medium to bright indirect light. You have an east and a south window in there. So you do get really bright light, but it's not like just off of the south window. It's back away from the wall. So I think that's kind of the light you have. What if I wanted to move it to a space that had less light though? What would happen? So if you were to do that, you'd probably lose some of the variegation on it. So I, we didn't mention what Lindsay has. She has the Marble Queen pothos. So you would lose probably some of that variegation. Your leaves would revert back to just more of a plain green and not so much white. So that's probably what would happen. Does the variegation go away forever then? No. So you'll get it back once you put it in a little bit brighter light or bright indirect light. I had a golden pothos. I had in a very poor situation. The poor plant, I didn't know what to do with it. So I had it in like a really low light situation and it had obviously golden variegation in it. But then I moved it back just off of a south window and it just like burst with more foliage. One, it got fuller and two, the gold came back. So yeah, there's hope there. And it allows you to experiment with it a bit. I would actually recommend taking a picture of the plant when you first bring it home to see what the color looks like. And then if you're actually worried about it, check it in like maybe six months and see if the colors changed at all. That way you know whether or not you have it in enough light. Capiche? Capiche. Cool. All right, let's move on to pepperomia. Not mistaken for pepperoni. Yeah, it's not pepperoni, it's pepperomia. 
Peperomia comes in tons of colors and growth habits. I have nine of these actually, and I didn't actually know how many I had until I did the podcast and blog about Peperomia. I have them spread throughout the house, but most of them are in east and west windows, and most varieties only need medium light, but obviously, as I've said a million times now, if they're variegated, multiple colors, they prefer bright indirect light. I've never had one, but they sound easy. And looking at your blog, they have lots of interesting leaf patterns and colors. So what's your favorite? Okay, as we discussed, I don't have favorites. But if I had to pick one, <laughs> it would definitely be the Ginny Peperomia. Harry Potter? Yeah. Because one, the name, no one knows. <laughs> I really like Harry Potter and Ginny is a character in Harry Potter. And two, this variety actually has a lot of colors in it, including pink. And I don't have a lot of houseplants with pink. But I do have to say there's one variety of peperomia I've always wanted. It's called Peperomia obtusifolia marble. It is so cool and I would love to have it. And I know I can get it. I'm just cheap. We all know that now. <laughs> How often do you water them? They don't like to dry out completely between watering. So usually when that first layer of soil dries out, that's when you water them. And as I've said, it depends on the environment they're in. So if you have it in a warmer window, like a west window, for example, they'll dry out a little faster. So just keep that in mind. Have you had issues with not watering them enough? No, I actually haven't. I noticed some of mine wilt a bit when they need water, but they perk right back up when they are watered. Currently, the Peperomia obtusifolia is the one that will wilt a little bit that I've noticed. So is this kind of like the Hoyo you talked about earlier? Those shrivel when they need water too, right? Right, exactly. The watering requirements is basically the same for both. But I think these bounce back a little bit better, I guess, when the Hoya shrivels. Sometimes if you let it go for too long, it could brown, which I haven't had an issue with these. Okay, let's move on to Diffenbachia. Diffenbachia are a very underrated houseplant. You can find them in shades of green with some splashes or variegation colors of white and yellow usually. I had a smaller one of these, but I was struggling a bit. I kept losing leaves on it and they were yellowing. I obviously ended up giving it to you because I just mm -hmm. didn't know what to do with it anymore. Yeah, I still have it and it's doing better. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> I think I need to repot it. It's in, um, it's in soil with chunks of bark it just seems like it drains really fast and i know i bought you that soil <laughs> <laughs> it came from you i know i i don't know what's up with that soil i don't even remember what it was but it's anyway weird i'm gonna repot it to put it in a little bit more consistent soil um but Diffenbachia like to be consistently moist and water when the top layer is dry and i know i've told you that but then i also told you to stop watering at the time because we were trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on i don't know i mean if the bottom leaves only were yellowing I would have said it's normal, but you had leaves everywhere. It was all of them. Yeah, it was every, It was like front yeah. and center. They were just dropping. Yeah. So I think the main thing that was wrong with them was that you had it in your basement, which is pretty cold, and Diffenbachia are like known to hate the cold. Yeah, I kind of realized that after the fact from talking with you more about it, but it was still so disappointing because I loved that one. Well, it looks better. And if you want it back, <laughs> I can bring it back. Um, you have the right amount of light. You had it in an east window, so that worked. True. I can put it down there during the summer when it's warmer. Yeah. And you can move it to another room in your house because every other room in your house will really work for them because they can handle that medium light or they can handle that bright, bright indirect light. I have a larger one in like an 8 or 10 inch pot and I put it in a southeast window, which I originally thought was just an east window. 
and it burnt. I thought maybe I was underwatering it or something, but I moved it away from the window to like a medium light location and it's doing really well. And it's like, it's in an east window, but there's a tree right outside the window. So it doesn't get that bright morning light all morning. So it's doing really well there. So moral of the story, water yes. when the top of the soil is dry mm-hmm. and place in medium to bright light. Is that, that right? That's the gist. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is Syngonium. I think I saw this plant for the first time shopping at Water Farms. We found the Holly M. Syngonium, no joke. Yes, it was like groundbreaking for me because if you don't know me, people, my name is Holly Munchow. And when I found that Holly M. Syngonium, I snatched that guy up because... I was not about to leave that there. Plus, it was only like eight bucks. Yeah, it was a steal as it well. It was so cheap. You got some good deals there. Oh, I know. So yeah. if you're ever in like the Appleton, Green Bay, Oshkosh area, you need to stop there. The Fox Valley, it's the best place. Yes, that's true. They have some rare stuff too. So if you're looking for like a variegated alocasia or they had um, they had a variegated um, Hindu rope, uh, it's a type of Hoya. I know some people are looking for that. They had, they obviously had the Hoya carry I was talking about. They had the Domino Peacefully. I know this is for low maintenance houseplants people, but if anyone <laughs> that knows houseplants is listening, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, uh, I can't, can I have a kill all of those? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but they also have um, the Sansevieria I showed you today, the whale fin one. Yes. Those so are cool. Those are huge. They look like literal whale fin. Literally like a whale. Yeah, they're really, they're like really, really fat Sansevieria leaves. Yeah. Very rare. It was like a hundred bucks. But anyway, ooh, sidetrack. Sorry. Anyway, my point is Syngonium are really easy and I got a really cool variety called Holly M. So highly recommend it to everyone. It's like a very light green color with almost like a white mint green inside of the leaf. But Syngonium in general are very, very easy and they have kind of the same watering needs as a Diffenbachia Hoya and Peperomia where when the top layer of soil dries out, you water them. Does it give any indication when it needs water? Yeah, they'll actually start to wilt a bit when you wait a little bit too long. But honestly, they bounce back really quickly. That Holly M one, every time I see it wilting, I water it because that's, I just know it needs water then. What kind of sunlight do they need? So they can tolerate low light situations, but they do best in bright or bright indirect light. So I say low light because they can survive there they can grow in there but they're gonna grow their best and look their best in a bright light so for example i had one called pink butterfly and i put it in a room with a south and west window but it was off of those windows and it wasn't directly in front of any of them and i noticed over time it's probably been about six months i noticed recently that the pink in the pink butterfly syngonium started to fade into almost a light green so i've actually put it just off of my south window and I put it under um, a grow light too. So hopefully that helps. So if they have a unique color or variegation, they should be in bright indirect light, similar to a lot of other plants we talked about. Is that correct? Exactly. So it's just like the Sansevieria, the Hoya, Peperomia. If you want that color to stay, you put them in the bright indirect light. But if you have a space in your house that needs filled and you, it's in a medium to low light, they'll do fine there. Great. Let's move on to the plant I hope to one day have. Monstera, here we come. Woo! 
So monsteras are super tiny plants right now. They grow with some gigantic leaves when they get mature and they have holes in them called fenestrations that make them so unique looking. I currently have two of them and I have successfully water propagated them a couple times on the first try, which is great. They are so easy. What kind of light do they need? Because I want one, but I just don't know if I have the right spot for it. So they do really well in medium to bright indirect light. I have both of mine off of a south window, so they are living their best life. Are they easy to water? Yeah, super easy. I can never tell just by looking at the leaves when they need water. They don't really give as much of an indication like the syngonium do, but I would just water when the soil dries out basically completely. What if you wait too long? I haven't run into that issue, <laughs> I think, which is great because you can't mess it up. I mean, I say that with caution because no one come at me if you kill a monstera, but... I'm going to kill my first one. And <laughs> no, like... you're not. Okay. <laughs> if I have anything to do with it. Okay. No, I think uh, the leaves or stems might droop slightly. I've noticed, you know what? Maybe they have on my smaller monstera, which smaller means it's in like a 12 inch pot. It's still pretty big. Um, on my smaller monstera, I've noticed the younger leaves have drooped. The stems have a bit when they need water. So in that case, you'll notice it, but it's not very often. And I've never seen damage on any of the leaves from underwatering. They haven't browned from underwatering. I haven't lost any leaves. So that's the story on that. Sounds easier than some of the other plants, that's for sure. Well, yeah, it honestly is. But the only thing that makes it a little higher maintenance is that Monstera like to grow on things. So if you see them in their natural habitat, they're growing up trees or whatever they can get their hands on or roots on. So eventually, once it gets really mature, they need a good support system. So you're probably going to need to put something to help them out. You have yours on a moss pole, right? Yeah, so I do have one on a moss pole. But you can honestly use a wood stake or a wood trellis to tie it up. Even even if you go to Amazon and you search moss poles, you can probably find some for decent prices. What do you have the big one on? Oh, nothing right now. So that one was propagated. It's a really, really big, maybe like two foot wide leaf monstera. It's huge. But it was propagated off of another big one. So the leaves are going to be big no matter what. But the actual plant isn't that big. So I have to wait for it to get bigger for me to have to do anything. So here's the question. Are you going to get one now? I think I'm going to have to now. Yes. Yes, you will. And the moment you say officially, yes, I will go plant shopping with you (laughs) or I will shop around and I will go find you the best deal. Sounds good. All right. That's it, guys. That is the top 10 low maintenance houseplants, everyone. You've got your snake plant, ZZ, philodendron, Hoya, agave, pothos, peperomia, diffenbachia, syngonium, monstera. Woo. There, of course, is a blog post about this with all this information and some images, so make sure you go check that out later. Can everyone usually find these plants pretty easily? Oh, definitely. So I would recommend checking out your local plant shops and garden centers first because they're usually the most reputable people, but then you would be surprised at how many places online you can buy plants there are these days. So I've ordered from Etsy, I've ordered from people on Instagram before, and there are even plant shops even on like the West Coast that'll ship to people. So if you are ordering online, just make sure you order from a reputable person and check out your plant shops first. Awesome. Thank you. I'll check that out or I'll just ask you. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I'm here, people. Thank you for listening to episode 27 of Houseplant Homebody, all about the top 10 low maintenance houseplants. 
Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this podcast. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog tab, you'll find it there. Also, there are links to Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC on my website. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're doing all the commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast, my blog, and social media posts. I love to hear from all of you and what you've learned through your own experience or through this podcast. And you can also help support your favorite podcast and blog by joining me on Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content, and exclusive podcasts. So your support means everything to me and I am very excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. And don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for more podcasts and corresponding blog posts. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Can't get rid of us yet. Hang on till the end guys, cause we have bloopers, cause you know we're gonna make mistakes. So Lindsay, what did you think about recording your first podcast with me? Once I got the hang of it, it was fun. Having talking points in front of me definitely helped, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm no plant expert, as most of you can now tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's <laughs> so fun learning from you. And I love listening every week. And I am definitely your biggest fan. Maybe next to Bruno. Bruno might be your biggest fan. Yeah, my puppy. That's true. <laughs> well, the, the talking points always help me too. That's why I always write my blog first and then I record the podcast. That way I'm in the same order as the blog. But so are you ready to do another podcast with me yet? Yes. This next one will be really fun. Oh yeah, for sure. The next podcast we're going to do is actually going to be all about how Houseplant Homebody was created, my background a little bit, and actually how you help me with Houseplant Homebody. Yay. It will be really fun to talk to people about your background because it's bands back farther than they probably realized yeah i think i might be high school honestly yeah just about that yeah well thank you so much for your support and help Lindsay. you know i couldn't do this without you and i'm just so happy to have you supporting me and doing this with me constantly but today too (laughs) and your level of support reminds me honestly of the encouragement that dad always gave us so thank you i really appreciate it oh thanks so much for having me it was so much fun and i love watching you grow this business and i'm happy to give you a little bit of help along the way all right guys that is officially a wrap i will talk to you all soon bye-bye bye bye so it's great for beginners like me and a great plant for expert house plant home it is a great keep just keep going this is for the bluebirds (laughs) (laughs) it's great (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is great for beginners like me and a great plant for expert. (laughs) The bloopers. Okay, at least we've got a lot of content for the bloopers. Let's just start over. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have a line. Lindsay. No, you... I asked how, I've always wondered how you know what the right light is, but you're supposed to ask me, Lynn, how often do you water your snake plant? I know. I I said, oh, I have a line. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Go, man. Okay. Um, Why you go maintenance plants? Plants. Plants. And this is where the music comes in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I said (laughs) too You said it before I could say the play. ZZ plants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Try one more Do time. Do it again. <laughs> ZZ plants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take a drink. Sip, sip. 
Sippity doo da. Besides, Cameron heard us recording right now. They'd be like, what are you doing with your life? They'd be like, what's wrong with you guys? Look. All right. Soda stream orange soda, let me tell you. Okay. Water. Water? Water's my jam. Oh, boring. Okay. Okay. Maybe eventually I'll take it back for sure after you've rehabilitated it. <laughs> yeah. That one doesn't need rehabilitating. Sorry. You forgot to ask a question. No. I, I know. I wasn't, oh, you're breathing. I was redoing, redoing it again. I feel like I can't breathe because I feel like I can't. I feel like every noise I'm making is like you're hearing it. So I feel like I go over here and I stop breathing. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world. I mean, you can still breathe while you're talking. I always forget to breathe, so sometimes I go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then I come I feel back. Like I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> you remind me of the squirrel from Ice Age right there. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, scat. Yeah, was it? Is he a scat? Yeah, scabbers. No, scabbers no. is a cat from Harry Potter. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, it's the rat in Scrat. Harry Potter. Scratch. Scratch. Oh. Is Ice Age. Scat. Scrat. <laughs> scrat scrat yeah yeah that's yeah, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. nobody cares about sid, sid the sloth <laughs> that should be our intro <laughs> oh my gosh and philodendron are actually very collectible plant <laughs> words hard okay <laughs> are you okay <laughs> what's wrong i don't know okay pink i just <laughs> it's like you have the zoom okay pink princess philodendron <laughs> like okay i gotta change that philodendron glow <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens to me when i'm pronouncing all those latin names in the regular podcast <laughs> By yourself yeah you're like yeah i'm like no okay true i can put it down there in the basement during the winter when it's warmer okay not during the winter when it's warmer (laughs) hello peperomia comes in tons of colors and grow grow habits Take for a while there. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Back up. Right. You were worried about not having enough bloopers. I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Peperomia comes in taller. <laughs> taller? I meant to say tons and colors, and it came out tellers. Tellers. <laughs> okay. Peperomia comes in tons of colors and growth. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Okay. That's just too funny. I know. Okay. Mm.